Good morning, and welcome to Simply Economics. It's Tuesday, February 6th. On today's show, the Bank of Ghana unveils the beta version of their macroeconomic database portal, and the World Bank announces a $300 million support package for Ghana's macroeconomic stability and economic growth. Plus, the Nigerian Economic Summit Group releases their macroeconomic outlook for 2024. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Economics. We start off with a significant step taken by the Bank of Ghana towards enhancing transparency within its inflation-targeting framework of monetary policy. They have launched the beta version of its database portal, a unified platform for extracting and visualizing macroeconomic data. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Abby. Can you tell us more about this initiative? Certainly, David. This initiative is in line with international best practices and demonstrates the Bank of Ghana's commitment to transparency. The new portal is designed to meet the increasing demand for data from the public and support extensive research efforts. How is the data on this portal categorized? The portal organizes macroeconomic data into five primary economic sectors. These are the external sector, financial sector, fiscal sector, monetary sector, and the real sector and survey-based indicators. And where is this data sourced from? The data is meticulously sourced from the Bank of Ghana and other key stakeholder institutions. It includes 255 monthly and 86 quarterly time series data. How often will this data be updated? Data updates and revisions will adhere to a designated data release calendar, which is prominently featured on the portal. That's quite comprehensive. How can interested parties access this data? For convenient access to the wealth of data on the portal, individuals can visit the official website of the Bank of Ghana. Thanks for the insights, Abby. Now, shifting our focus to international economics, the World Bank has approved a $300 million development policy operation for Ghana. This financing, provided by the bank's International Development Association, is aimed at aiding Ghana's economic recovery and promoting resilient and inclusive growth. Here with more on this is our correspondent, James. Can you tell us more about this financing and its significance for Ghana? Certainly, David. This financing is the first in a series of three, each amounting to $300 million. It's a crucial contribution by the World Bank to ease Ghana's fiscal constraints and sustain the momentum of economic recovery, while also protecting the poor and vulnerable. The Minister of Finance for Ghana, Honorable Ken Aforiata, has emphasized the government's commitment to restoring macroeconomic stability and implementing lasting reforms for sustainable growth and transformation. This approval comes on the heels of an agreement in principle by the Official Creditors Committee under the G20 Common Framework. Can you shed some light on that? Yes, the agreement outlines the key parameters of the proposed debt restructuring for Ghana. It's in line with the Joint World Bank International Monetary Fund Debt Sustainability Framework and is a significant step towards restoring debt sustainability. This financing package is expected to support measures to restore fiscal and debt sustainability, boost growth prospects, curb inflation, and protect the most vulnerable. What are the specific objectives of the Resilient Recovery Development Policy Operation? The operation has four main objectives. First, 
it aims to restore fiscal sustainability. Second, it seeks to support financial sector stability and private sector development. Third, it intends to improve the financial discipline of the energy sector. Lastly, it aims to strengthen social and climate resilience. The financing series will support specific reforms, including strengthening domestic revenue mobilization, controlling expenditures, safeguarding financial sector stability, removing barriers to private investment, and mainstreaming climate adaptation and mitigation across policies. Can you tell us more about the International Development Association that's providing this financing? The International Development Association, or IDA, was established in 1960. It provides grants and low to zero interest loans to the world's poorest countries to boost economic growth, reduce poverty, and improve people's lives. It's one of the largest sources of assistance for the world's 74 poorest countries, 39 of which are in Africa. Since its inception, IDA has provided $458 billion to 114 countries. James, thanks for those insights into the significant contributions being made in the field of economics. Speaking of significant contributions, let's shift our focus to Nigeria, where the Economic Summit Group has released its macroeconomic outlook for 2024, highlighting the need for the government to adopt an economic transformation agenda to foster sustained high economic growth. Here to delve into this report is our correspondent, Michael. Can you give us an overview of this report? Certainly, David. The report provides a comprehensive overview of the Nigerian economy in 2023, detailing its current status, challenges, and opportunities. It emphasizes the need for a phased approach to economic reform to achieve transformation over the short to medium term. What does the report say about the policy orientation of the new government? The report sees the policy orientation of the new government as a unique opportunity for Nigeria to address its numerous socioeconomic challenges, optimize economic potential, and yield favorable outcomes for its citizens. It lays the groundwork for understanding the context in which the proposed economic transformation roadmap will be implemented. Can you tell us more about this economic transformation roadmap? The economic transformation roadmap is the centerpiece of the report. It outlines three distinct phases, stabilization, consolidation, and acceleration. These phases articulate the sequential steps and policy priorities for achieving a robust and sustainable economic transformation. The report also identifies potential inflection points, which are turning points for the Nigerian economy crucial for strategic decision-making. What does the report say about the outlook for the Nigerian economy in 2024? The report provides a forward-looking section that relies on comprehensive analysis and forecasting methodologies. It provides stakeholders with valuable insights into the anticipated economic trajectory, facilitating informed decision-making. The aim is to guide policymakers, business leaders, and other stakeholders in steering the Nigerian economy towards a trajectory of stability, consolidation, and ultimately accelerated economic growth and inclusiveness. Thanks for that detailed analysis, Michael. Now let's shift our focus to the financial market, where the Pakistani rupee has been making steady gains against the U.S. dollar in the interbank market for the 12th consecutive week improving by rupees 0.18. However, the local unit lost traction against the greenback in the open market. Here to delve deeper into this is our correspondent, Bella. Can you tell us more about the rupees performance in the interbank market? Certainly, David. 
The rupee opened at 279.59 against the dollar in the interbank market last Monday and closed at 279.41 on Friday, marking a rise of 0.06% week-on-week. Overall, the local unit has improved by rupee 7.62 over the past 12 weeks. Out of the last 37 sessions, the rupee has surged in 33 sessions and lowered in three sessions, while it remained unchanged in one session. And how has the rupee fared in the open market? In the open market, the rupee lost ground against the dollar, closing the week at Rs. 281.7 per dollar compared to 81.17 the previous week. This has widened the gap between rupee dollar exchange rates in the interbank and open markets to 2.29, which is still below the ceiling of 1.25% recommended by the International Monetary Fund. What are the market expectations for the rupee's performance going forward? Market talk suggests that the rupee will remain stable around current levels until the general elections scheduled for February 8, 2024. The rupee dollar exchange rate will then take cues for future direction from the new government's economic policies. What are the factors contributing to the rupee's recent gains? The recent positivity arises from improved macroeconomic conditions such as increased liquidity in the foreign exchange market due to tighter enforcement of regulations, a shrinking money supply, a balance of payments surplus on account of low import demand, and a moratorium on Chinese debt repayments. What about Pakistan's total liquid foreign reserves? The State Bank of Pakistan reported that the country's total liquid foreign reserves fell by $79 million during the last week. The reserves held by the country stood at $13.262 billion as of January 26, 2024, compared to $13.341 billion as on January 19, 2024. The SBP's reserves decreased by $54 million to $8.217 billion due to debt repayments, while net foreign reserves held by the commercial banks also declined by $25 million to $5.46 billion at the end of last week. What's the government's stance on the current economic situation? Caretaker Federal Minister for Finance, Revenue and Economic Affairs, Dr. Shamshad Akhtar stated that the economy has stabilized due to proactive measures taken by the interim setup. She mentioned that the interim setup inherited the issue related to the exchange rate. That was Simply Economics reporter Bella shedding light on the recent performance of the Pakistani rupee. Thanks for the insights. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Economics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.